0: Hello and welcome back to BIM Voice. Today, I have the pleasure to talk to Thomas Zwillener, who is a lead BIM consultant at PlanData in Austria. And I came to know Thomas through Twitter and by his alias, which is the IFC doc. And I'm really, really looking forward to dig more into that. Hi, Thomas. How are you doing? Hi, Pedro, I'm,
1: I'm doing fine. Thank you. Thanks for having me here.
0: I'm really happy to have you here and uh, I'm really, really curious and very excited to learn more about uh, your mission with IFC. So uh, please tell us a bit with your own words. Who are you? What are you doing? And after that, let's talk about IFC. Okay. well, as I said, my
1: name is Thomas Zvilina. I'm from Vienna, Austria. I'm a trained architect, so I studied architecture here in Vienna and in Tokyo. And um, yeah, I work with uh, Plandata which is a BIM consultant company. And we belong to one of the largest um, architectural and engineering firms in Europe, Uh, it's uh, ATP. And um, yeah, we manage mostly everything that's um, concerned with with BIM for this client, but also for other um, planning companies and, and construction companies. As well. Yeah, we work mainly with Revit, but we have also a lot of other um, open BIM projects that we work on where we do the uh, coordination uh, work and organization and BIM management and uh, yeah, everything that's concerned with, with BIM, basically.
0: I understand, understand. How did you become an IFC doctor? Now let's go and talk about that part. Yeah.
1: I have to say, I'm not a doctor.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I yeah. don't have like a
1: PhD. Um, it's just that in my daily work, I have to fix a lot of things with yeah. IFC. There are a lot of misconceptions about IFC, IFC files, the IFC schema. And um, yeah, I think I started three or four years ago to really dig into IFC, read through the documentations, try to understand, ask a lot of questions and um, yeah learns by doing reading and um, yeah that's why I wanted to share some knowledge also via Twitter. Yeah,
0: I understand. That makes sense. I thought exactly the same that uh, this is exactly what you do through Twitter, at least. I don't know if you are as active as that on LinkedIn as well, but uh, I, I see a lot of uh, your posts regarding I on Twitter, which are very relevant. And I'm very happy to see someone uh, picking up these issues and try to do something about it. You said that there are are a lot of issues regarding this and you also said that you are using revit at work right how much of guilt has revit in all of this that um, forced you to learn more about IFC and uh, yeah to understand better how to use it and it's hard to say
1: I think the main problem with IFC is that um, lies in the certification mechanism so that's software gets certified the building smart for being yeah certified for ifc4 or 2x3 okay. and in my opinion it's too easy to get the certification so okay. that um, a lot of things don't work when you export it from uh, whatever um, software or import it in other software or, or use viewers so it's just a small subset of the IFC schema that works quite well. But um, if you go into a bit more advanced topics in IFC, where it becomes really interesting and really efficient, these topics don't work. So it's not the fault of Revit that they don't fully support the whole IFC schema because they get the certification, so it, it must be fine for them. But it could be better, you know? I mean, if, if you compare it to Archicad, that supports much more of, of the IFC schema. It's certified as well. Blender BIM supports much more, much more.
0: Oh, well, it's uh, it's natively, right? Uh, it's, it's working natively with IFC files. Natively, so natively,
1: but I don't think they have a certification. So no. that's,
0: um, <laughs> that's uh, interesting to see that uh, you
1: have a software that supports a lot of uh, concepts of IFC and they are not um, certified and others only have a, a small subset that they um, support and they have a certification. The easiest way for Autodesk and Revit to get the stamp, get the, the certification and, and go on.
0: Yeah, there are more points to this and I want to touch first one, Blender Beam as a native application uh, that uses uh, IFC files and IFC schema. Blender Beam has become a symbol of the entire industry frustration what blender beam is becoming is exactly what every other software provider is not doing and this is exactly what dion and every other contributor is doing they are doing this because we don't get it anywhere else right and uh, i'll be honest on this it's unrealistic to have the same expectations from autodesk or other companies to do it at the same level it won't happen it just won't happen now regarding the um, way Uh, these software companies get certified as IFC compliers, let's say. I don't know the process, but what do I know? And I don't know the numbers. I'm just guessing here that Autodesk and other big companies are among the largest sponsors of Building Smart. Yeah, they pay for, you have to pay for the certification not only that, I think it might be more than that. I might be wrong as well. I don't remember exactly where I've seen this, but I think these companies are among the biggest contributors to building smart. And it's not so much the surprise when you put these uh, two things together head to head, right? Yeah. Like I said, I don't know. You are the first one talking about this. I did not hear anyone taking this topic and talking about it. Is building smart talking about this? I don't know, but there is definitely a lot of room to improvement because these companies won't just doing it by themselves. They have no incentive. For them, the longer they prolong this process, the more money they make. It's so easy. And at the end of the day, it's about the money, right? The only hope for this, for me, is just to hope that we promote more, we get more support, and together we manage to grow this community, this OSR community, and the open source software ecosystem for AEC and to build it ourselves as we want. And there might be a day when, uh, we will get there. And as we have said, there are already many aspects where Blender Beam is much better than any app on the market. When you're talking about IFC, of course, because it works natively, right? You don't alter the data in any shape or way, right? And it just happens. There is one other thing you said that these applications allow you to do maybe the surface and the most basic stuff, right? And you said that actually, when you get to the real interesting stuff, that does not really work. Please tell me some examples of what concepts, what exactly are you talking about in this case? There's
1: one interpretation of BIM, like we have a, a 3D building, 3D geometry, you know, virtual environment and every element has its properties. And that's the, the idea or the concept of most uh, BIM authoring uh, systems like uh, Revit or Archicad and so on. But If you read into the IFC schema, that's much more. So it's it's not only that you define buildings and um, like parts of buildings, but you can also define processes. You can define people who have tasks. You can define costs. You can define many other things that don't have geometry. And that's one part that makes this um, IFC schema so interesting. Because it tries to describe the way we work, or at least it it would allow to describe it with all these um, objects, entities, and and relationships. That's one part. The other part is that uh, IFC would allow a lot of advanced geometries, like the easiest ones is you define this boundary representation where you describe an object by its corners and then you connect the corners and then you connect this edges to faces and so on. And you have something that looks like a cube, for example, but it's done. You can't do anything with it. On the other side, you have IFC where you can define parametric profiles. You can say, well, I have a, a rectangle, I have a circle, and this circle has a, a radius. And then you can define um, an extrusion by height. So if you describe it like this, you have maybe three or four lines in the IFC file. Mm -hmm. if you export it from bim software like revit in this boundary representation form you get i don't know 80 points uh, that are connected it looks like a cylinder but it's in fact just a lot of triangles and um, that's very inefficient and that's a lot of waste the the files yes and that's one of the problems people have with IFC they say uh, well the files are just so large they can't work with it but if you really go into it if you uh, would make it more efficiently to describe all these geometries it gets very very small so we tested it and it's um, like you can compress it without any data loss to probably one or two percent of the original file Wow. So that's, um, that's a lot of waste in there. And uh, yeah, that's one of the points that we would try to fix.
0: Did you find a way, when you said you compressed this, is there any way that you can choose, for example, in Revit to make this stuff, this figure, this object in another way than native how is doing it? Not with the, the current exporter.
1: So you you would have to write your own IFC exporter, which I tried a bit can't, as a proof of concept. Just uh, using PyRevit, for example, PyRavid and IFC OpenShell together and it works so you can export it your own way, just as you like it. For example, I tried just to export the whole building hierarchy, all the elements, all the properties, but no geometry. So I say, well, the geometry conversion takes the most time to be computed. I don't care for the moment. It's lightning fast. So you can export the whole model within i don't know a few milliseconds and see the structure and all the data in an ifc viewer just without geometry so the geometry conversion is really the the bottleneck of the whole process yeah and um if you do this more efficiently that would really help the ifc file to be used more often
0: yeah that's true that's definitely a real issue yeah, but I don't know how easy it's that one fixable, and if there is any intention or willingness from their side to do it. In America, probably it's not
1: really so, so much in use. Yeah, IFC files, and here in, in the German-speaking or maybe even in, the, in the northern countries as well, we're too small. Yeah, and we're we get confused, or we we get um, too much in, in little fights and not going together in one direction say, we need this. And um, maybe it's, that would speed up development if we collectively demand something. So if we, if we just say, well, we want IFC and, and then we have others to say, no, we need a new format. Um, there's a lot of new initiatives here. We get soaked up in this little
0: little by little fighting that um, we, we lose sight for the, the big vision for what it can work today, for what it works and could work, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of that guilt is because of the um, misunderstanding or the very shallow level of understanding of IFC, as you also mentioned. There are a lot of people that don't know that you can describe processes and you can describe actors and everything, actually any kind of information in IFC. There are not many, I did not know this for a long time and the level that we are still using it. Even if it's more popular in Europe, we are just barely scratching the surface. Yes. So it's going to be much easier for Americans to maybe to jump in the ship with us after that becomes the norm everywhere here in Europe, right? If it works here, then it might be a reason for them as well but uh, they are more pragmatic and that it's not a priority right now for them. And regarding the way IFC is perceived right now, as long as IFC is going to be seen as a PDF, you see that very often, you hear that very often. That's wrong, that's plainly wrong, right? But as long as people limit it to that, it's going to be difficult. And there are two things you need to do. People don't understand that actually, is not the fault of the file, the IFC schema itself, is the fault or the responsibility of the software who you are designing in, right? And because if that software is going to limit you, then you will say, for you it's very easy to cut your responsibility and say, yeah, it's not working, right? now i need to become a programmer as well to make this for me to uh, program my own ifc exporter from revit or something like that that's daunting for a lot of us right that's not something that you just do it it's you need the time you need the money for that and you need the motivation and the skills to learn the skills there there are so many things here right but the first and most important thing here is that at least We should understand, we should study more IFC and learn about these things, like the fact that you can do much more than only geometry, right? That's one important stuff. And one of the quite important reasons, I guess you definitely had a quite hard time when you learn this on yourself, is not very user-friendly documentation. And to start learning about this, it's a daunting task, right? And it's a daunting task. And you don't learn anything about this in university. There are no courses about this, maybe. There is very, very little content on any platforms as well. And it's very difficult, right? It's only for nerds, mostly, right? You need to be really interested in the technical aspects. Personally, I will try to help on that front. I will try to have more content and make more content for beginners to help a little bit with that aspect. Because I think even for me, it's scary. When I go to building smart page for IFC, it's scary. I'm not used to that. If you're not a programmer, it's not easy to understand and to read that. It's daunting and it's, yeah, you just don't know what you're doing, right? It takes time until you get comfortable to that. And after that, start to use it as well, right? No, I I think...
1: the problem is that there are a few concepts in the IFC schema that you have to understand, and then it's it gets much easier. So the the first thing that you have to separate is the schema on one side and the file on the other side, and and that's that's the first part. So you have an IFC file that has a certain structure. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's an IFC project, and then you have all all the entities in there, but that's quite easy to understand normally. So you have something uh, like a container where everything is stored in, Mm -hmm. and then you have objects that you want to plan or you want to organize. And there are only two things that you need for um, organizing or managing these objects. It's it's a class, so you have to know what it is. Is it a wall? Is it a window? Is it a process? And mostly uh, a GUID an id and everything else is optional that's the the interesting part you don't need to structure everything you can just like um, push everything in an ifc file and you get it out eventually everything else how you you organize it um is, is optional so you can put buildings inside you can define buildings you can define stories and then you can link all your elements to stories you don't need geometry in there. That's optional. You don't need a location. So everything you can, or mostly everything you can do in, a, in an Excel spreadsheet, you can mm-hmm. do in IFC, in an IFC file. It's just um, yeah, a list, a structured list. Yeah, and, and then you define relationships between those elements. Mm-hmm. You can define one or many geometries. So every object can have yeah as, as many geometries as you as you like if it's a footprint if it's a boundary box if it's um, center of gravity and so on an axis mm-hmm. just um, an analytical representation so you can have the wall as a rectangle and uh, extrusion and you can have a rectangle as a footprint for floor plans you can have the axis and for for you know, structural analysis you have just a plane, but that's optional. You don't need any of this, but you can also have all of them. So that's the, the interesting part. I think you can you just define what you know. And if you compare this to, to BIM authoring software, you have to define a lot of things just to make these objects like existing. You cannot say, um, okay, I have 20 rooms in my model, in my, in my project. You have to model them to be to make them put them into virtual existence. In IFC, you just
0: write, okay, I have
1: you make twenty lines, um, and each is a space, and and you're done.
0: How would that be useful in our work, concretely? Just describing it in IFC. I'm trying to understand this. What would be the use of that in our workflow? In our workflow,
1: I think another problem that we have with BIM is that we now think we have to model everything bottom up. So in order to to know, I don't know, how much a building costs, you have to model everything and give every element cost and then you sum it up. But it's not how planning works. If you design a building, you get a budget. So it's up to a certain level or a certain phase of designing a building, it's very bottom down. You have to know when will it be finished? How much space do I need? How much money do I have? What budget do I have to build this? So you have to make these things top down. And in this phase of planning, you don't have any elements that you can work with. Like you you don't have a room or you don't have walls that enclose a room. In Revit, you need some kind of boundaries to define a room. So you have to model something that you don't know yet, just to get something that you know in IFC make a really clear, let's say a um, requirement model. So you, you just say what you need. I need these 20 rooms with that area and I need these stories um, and so on and so on. And I need uh, this or that element in this type of room. Everything without geometry. You just say, I need, I don't know, 20 outlets in, in my office. I don't care yet where they are. I just need it because of the size of the space. So you can model, like in terms of data modeling, you can really define a lot of your project without even touching a single modeling technique, like modeling a wall or a window. You just say, I need this.
0: How would you practically do that? In a text file, just type in exactly? Or what tool would you use for that? There are not
1: yet really good user interfaces for this. I mean, you can do it with all these um, programming libraries like uh, IFC OpenShell, or there are others for for JavaScript, for C#, Sharp, for Java. So there are a lot of libraries where you can natively work with IFC, and then you can just yeah make it programmatically. It would be really interesting to get this in a more user-friendly way, but. There's no such thing yet,
0: nothing. But it, the interesting part is that it's possible. This is novelty. I did not know, I was not aware about this. What you are telling me right now, it's really impressive. Yeah.
1: And then you can define really your whole project in the beginning and, and later when you model this bottom up, you can always compare it and say, do I have all the rooms that I need? Are
0: they about the size that, that I need? Are all the elements placed, like I said, they should? Very, very interesting. I need to ask you something regarding this. Do you see a way where you can use this data further on on the project when you start modeling the building? Or is this some data that you use only to plan and you cannot use it further down the road?
1: No, I think you can really use it down the road. It's your benchmark, I'd say. So every time you hand over your project, you can compare it with the requirements and prove, yes, the building meets the requirements that we define in this first model. That's yeah, really the benchmark that you can always use. And if the requirements change, you change the requirement model first, and then you can use this to think through the changes if they like make sense, mm-hmm. if they don't cause problems somewhere else. And once the requirement model works fine. Everyone says, well, that's okay. Then you start modeling because the modeling is the hard part. takes long time um, to get, again, let's say to a space we so you have to model all the walls, put a space inside, a room inside, and then you have the space. In the requirement model, it's just, uh, yeah, I say I need a space and there it is. That's the, the model part of, or the file part of IFC as, as we started.
0: Did you join the IFC.js course? You definitely um, Not did. yet, not yet. Not yet? You have already a project you could do. This one. That would be interesting. Maybe somebody is picking up and uh, doing something regarding that. This could be something really big.
1: So that was the part how to understand the, the IFC file. The other thing is how how is the IFC schema structured? And that works a bit differently. So there are, I don't know, I think, more than 700 different um, IFC classes in IFC 4 or something. And a lot of them are structured in a hierarchy. And that makes it uh, a bit difficult to to understand. But the main parts are all these, um, let's say, entities that uh, derive from from a root. Mm -hmm. So You have this IFC root um, class, let's say. That defines everything that could possibly be um, something in the real world. It could be a wall. It could be a, a process. So everything that has an ID in the real world like derives from this IFC root, and then it gets um, organized more detailed. So you have um, things that can have a physical representation. That you can touch in real world. So a process you cannot touch, but you can 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 touch a wall. All these these elements they have a certain inheritance system, so that you only add additional yeah, attributes, uh, additional methods, uh, additional intelligence at a certain level. So that's only the, the subcomponents, let's say, of these classes inherit this logics and. That's a bit more difficult to grasp, I guess. And you have, yeah, all all this geometric description that is a bit confusing. But if you understand like how geometry works, it's not so difficult. So you can have extrusions. You can ex- have extrusions along a certain path as a spline. And you can have tapered extrusions, which are quite quite interesting. So you have two different profiles and they are connected. So if you make all this up in, in points, it gets really, really big. But just logically, it's yeah, profile one, profile two, height, and I'm done. Yeah, so this uh, parametric description of geometries takes up a lot of yeah, documentation space. Let's say IFC schema is a bit technical. That's true. But if you're into geometry, it's it's not so difficult. Yeah. Boundary representation is way more difficult to, to understand and to reconstruct from the IFC file. Yeah, I really like this, this uh, parameterized profiles in IFC. So you can have an i shaped profile and you have height, width, flange, and so on. Everything is just one number. And then uh, the viewers can create these profiles. But in the IFC file, it's just a one-liner. Or hollow profiles with round corners. So that's quite efficient in the schema. But um, yeah, not a lot of software supports this. It's a uh, pity.
0: Is there any way to undergo this? Are you using Blender Beam? Yeah. Could be possible to build up an workflow from Revit to Blender Beam, maybe using a Speckle or something like that, in a way that you can use Blender and do exactly that?
1: Well, I tried to use uh, a software that's called uh, Constructivity. It's a bit older. I'm not sure if it's still maintained, but that would have exactly this, this feature. So you can take an IFC file. Okay. You can select, let's say, a geometric representation and then swap it and say, well, this is a boundary representation. But in fact, it's, uh, it's just a cylinder. And you define a native cylinder object in constructivity. And yeah. then you can export it again to IFC and uh, delete the old geometry. So you can really make it much more efficient in a way. But um, I don't think that it's it's really well maintained. In Blender Beam, you can do parts of it. I don't think that's that swapping this geometry is working smoothly at the moment, but um, you can do it. Yeah, you can. Well, delete old geometry and create create new one. It's not yet that user friendly. I'm, I'm sorry, Dion, but um, to 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 make uh, to really select exactly the profiles and exactly the geometry that you need. So uh, you, you cannot say I want a, a box, an IFC box or IFC block. I think it's it's called, or it's um, a rectangular extrusion, or if it's an uh, arbitrary profile extrusion. So this granularity is not yet in there, but yeah, everything else you can just use, um, use IFC OpenGL for this to make it like in,
0: uh, in Python okay but i'm thinking to not have to do this stuff to delete the model and to remodel it again with the right object types wouldn't be possible to use speckle i don't know if you are familiar with speckle i think it's a python friendly or something like that and i don't know if it's doing pipelines or something like that but just to have some python code that when you are converting or syncing your model from revit to blender beam to get it already in the new way you wanted to get it so you don't need to do that manually
1: i'm not sure if you can do it with speckle speckle has its own data like data model in the background i guess but you can do it with pyrevit so you can use pyrevit and, and ifc open shell to create your ifc model from revit data and then you have to we try it as a, as a proof of concept you can define a way you want the elements to be represented in your IFC file. So Let's say you have, um, I don't know, a duct fitting, you have um, a family, Revit family, how you want it to look like, and then you have to define for this family how the IFC geometry should be like built up. So you have to find the IFC geometry within Revit and use this instead of the native um, mm-hmm. Revit geometry conversion process. That way, you have a lot of control how the geometry looks. But in fact, you're writing your own exporter for Revit. And um, that's a quite daunting task. But it will work,
0: yeah. The whole thought process, it doesn't make sense. It's not supposed to be that way. If you are using Revit, you should not also waste a lot of time to build an exporter or something to go and use another software. So I really hope that Blender Beam becomes that software that you can actually just start modeling in Blender Beam and do everything you need to do. And you don't need Revit anymore. This is how a workflow should be like. I'm
1: not sure if that would work, yeah. I really like Blender Beam, but it's At least here in Europe, it's not the way that people work. It's not the way that architects design. They really like their floor plans and they start modeling in floor plans. And they want to have the look and feel of their actual plans. And that's Uh something that you don't yet get in Blender BIM. So you have this um, 3D modeling um, environment and everything is um, black background and you don't get the cut elements look. And it doesn't look like a floor plan, and that's shying away people. So they want to have something that looks like their floor plan, like the actual printed plan, and they want to work in this view. and You can't do that with Blender BIM, so yeah, that's shying away people, and you can do that in, in all the other BIM authoring software like Revit, our Outline, whatever. And people are just used to work that way mm-hmm. so i don't know if it's a generation thing but um, even young architects still prefer to, to work that way it's very plan based
0: i see i don't know if there are any plans for the to do this I don't know if it's possible. I think it will need a lot of resources to do that. Sounds like quite complex. He has a different
1: approach to the whole thing. So it's um, more like a definition, like the data modeling happens with the geometric and data modeling happens in Blender BIM okay. and everything else is exported. Like if you want a plan, you export it to an SVG and you get the final look in this SVG. And um, you cannot work in the SVG and, and um, change the, the, yeah.
0: Oh, I understand mm-hmm. what you mean. You need to change to to change in the plan, and that change to reflect in the model, right? This yes. is what you you are yeah. talking about. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's just a different way of, of working, and um, people are not used to that. You know, there are over 400 people who joined the uh, IFCJS course. Maybe somebody will uh, start a project just on that uh, end, start to do some design tool based on IFC.js, 100% native IFC. Yeah, maybe. It will definitely take a lot of time, but uh, if a project like that starts and a lot of people are joining in, you have no idea how how much it can catch fire and uh, just uh, grow up a lot. Like IFC itself, the project is really growing at a very, very fast pace. And uh, a lot of people are joining and a lot of people are following the project. So I'm really, really uh, happy for this. And I, I'm sure it's going to have a big impact for us. Yeah.
1: I don't think that uh, we, we have to really only focus on the IFC file. Recently, I've gone like, in, the, in the direction where I, I say IFC is, is like HTML, It's a container. It, it's not the database. It's not my, I don't know, uh, Postgres or MySQL or whatever. It's yes. just um, a query result. That you can display and and manipulate a bit, like HTML, and uh, the data is is actually somewhere else because we have a lot of um, use cases where the IFC schema is not complete enough. Mm-hmm. So what do you do? You have to to add something. You have to write your own schema, which I don't know. If, if five people in the world can do that, um, I think that's a lot. <laughs> or you, you have to make something additional. But I'm not sure if it's really necessary to see the IFC as the central database, central data source, or only as a, as a container where you, with the um, model view definition, just ship a part of the whole model, of your whole data model. And in that way, we, we, we tried that, so we created a database and created an IFC file out of this database, which works flawlessly, but also like you know, very basic. So it's just um, bounding box corrects the correct position and, and rotation and the correct class. But from that, you, you can like improve and, and, and say, well, if, if we design or if we define in the database, how our building is structured, then we can also reflect that and export that uh, or query that into an IFC file but the same process you can use for other formats as well so if you need a DXF file for example you can do it in the same process if you need an, an HTML file if you need a CSV file a JSON file whatever you can go from the same database and you don't like persist your changes in these query results so if you don't change the IFC file that you created, or exported, more or less, but the source, and then the IFC file just gets updated.
0: Just reads data from the database, you know, right? It reads
1: and represents, and, and um, you can open it and reload, or make this async and, and reload automatically, I don't know. But then this is just a data container for some parts of your database. and. Um, that makes it probably a bit easier to work with. So you don't create or you don't have to manipulate the IFC file, but the database that's probably organized a bit more simple. The container is is something that everyone can work with, can view, and, and you just get a part of the whole building that you are interested in. So we have one project in in Revit where you have I don't know it's 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 huge (laughs) and you have the slabs with all the openings and and we have you you need one Revit model just for all the slabs with all the openings because otherwise it it just um, yeah you cannot use uh, the project anymore so one file just for slabs but if you if you put it in the IFC logic in, in, in such a database, you have, I don't know, one line for, for a slab and 1,000 line for, uh, for the openings. But if you're only interested in a part of your building, let's say one-tenth, then you just get the whole slab and the yeah. 10% of the openings. And in the RFC file, you just have a way smaller f- footage of your model. Because you don't care about the openings on the other side of the building.
0: That makes a lot of sense. I don't know, this small project you just did, the simple stuff or so, did you publish it on GitHub as an open source or do you you intend to do that? Or do you want to develop it further as your own program or something like that? It's just a a proof of
1: concept with a few scripts. um, So nothing documented well at the moment i don't know so
0: no but it sounds very good maybe there are other people that see value in that and uh, that could uh, be willing to contribute that's why i'm thinking drop me line and and, a discussion if we make can make something out of it yeah Yeah, if it's something so valuable i think yeah maybe a new open source project will uh, come up from this and yeah a lot of people could contribute because that makes a lot of sense actually because sometimes maybe it's good not to be an IFC maximalist, right? Uh, it's good to think how can we use the best parts of IFC and how can we simplify other stuff, right?
1: Yeah, I take IFC, the IFC schema mainly as a, a blueprint, yeah, and uh, a way to, to think how the connections are, how the relationships are in, in the whole industry. And I see it does this really well, so it, it is very flexible, but in the files, it, it gets a bit uh, quirky. Yeah. But the schema itself is, um, I, I say it, it's very elegant in a way, so you can describe a lot of things and yeah, it's just that you don't have to like put everything in one file. So if you just think it as a container for a small part of the whole building, it can Get really, really efficiently.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Where should someone start if they want to learn more about IFC file and IFC (laughs) schema? What are you recommending? The
1: first part would be to get a really good IFC viewer, and I recommend Notepad++. IFC viewer, you said. Yeah, joke joke, didn't go well. No, I think the the best way is to simply open a small IFC project in a text editor. You learn a lot from it. So the first thing you learn is that IFC is not a PDF. Try to open a PDF in a text viewer and you see nothing. You see like chaotic stuff. Try to open a a Revit file in a text editor, Yeah, it doesn't work. But an IFC file, you can just open get a really simple fc file and then read through it you have all this internal hashtag and references mm-hmm. and you you see just how the things add up uh, you have the entities you have the relationships and uh, you just jump from one thing to the other so you learn a lot from from that and okay. if you don't understand something you can head over to the to the documentation at the
0: building smart because
1: yeah each entity has certain amount of attributes and they mean something Mm -hmm. and you have to learn what's the meaning of the attributes at at what positions the first is mainly the the, the GUID and um, depends on on which uh, element you look at what the value there means so that's something you have to learn but if you understand that all or most uh, entities, most objects in the Revit or in, in the IFC file, derive from this root object and how this, this um, inheritance works, then it gets much easier. So you know, okay, the first four attributes are always the same. It's always GUID. It's always name, description, tag. I don't know, part. And that way you can improve your knowledge of the whole thing. And if okay. you understand how it's structured, if there's a, a, the project and the project has site, has a building or more buildings mm-hmm. and stories, and then you can relate objects to stories or spaces, and then you, you understand much faster how this, this works. Yeah. But the first part and, and the most important part, and you really learn a lot of, of it, is read IFC files in a text editor. Uh, it looks it looks really, really daunting and, and um, it shies away people, but after a few hours reading for those, you really understand how, how that works.
0: Yeah, and I think you don't need to start very complex. You don't need to export a huge project. You can just model a, a wall or a, a something very simple, and if you start that way, maybe it's a bit less daunting, right?
1: Yes, yes. Yeah,
0: just a a wall
1: and and a window and you already understand a lot of concepts of the IFC schema. That's one part um, that's interesting is if you model a wall or want to model a a window in Revit you have to model a wall and you put a window inside. As I said in IFC you can just define a window so you don't need a wall. If you have a wall then the wall has an opening The opening is an entity on its own. In Revit, it's not. It's part of the window. The window in IFC is an entity on its own. And then you have a relationship. You have an opening that exists and and the opening cuts or voids a wall. And then you have a window that fills an opening. So in that logic, you can just take away the window and replace it with a new one without touching the the opening and the wall.
0: Do you need to describe yourself this relationship between these elements, or this happens automatically?
1: That happens during the um, exporting. But if you write it on your own, you can do that as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that would be the the second part is to really really understand IFC. Just write IFC by hand. Try to write it and um, make something very very easily, like uh, like a wall, but it's interesting just to see, you you, you write one line, and then there's a wall, just as um, you can see it in the viewer, just as an entry in in the model tree, without geometry. And then you can say, well, I need uh, a representation, shape representation, I need uh, this tangular extrusion, how can I do this in, in IFC? And if you write it manually, you really learn a lot. So, how geometry works, um, how property sets work, and how all these relationship
0: ships work with um, story containers and um, yeah. Are there any other resources that can help beginners to understand to start from a lower level of difficulty? Yeah,
1: I've seen OpenShell. Website has some tutorials on how to programmatically create very simple models. And um, yeah, the OSR community forum, there's a lot of uh, what you can learn there. Yeah, and and the rest is, yeah, you have to (laughs) dig through the documentations and and ask a lot of questions.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. That sounds like a very good uh, advice. How can someone reach out to you if they want to contact you?
1: Best, probably Twitter
0: and maybe linkedin i've seen doctor is there as well or personally by my name yeah but you are mostly actively on twitter there is the your platform where you post mostly and i've seen dr elias yes okay
1: yeah professionally on, on linkedin as well
0: yeah well thank you very much thomas i have huge headache right now this was (laughs) i'm sorry for that (laughs) no 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 you don't need to uh, to be sorry like i i'm really grateful for you actually for for this but uh, i must recognize that this has been a a lot of technical stuff that i needed to process and i still i will still process the next hours and days and i will need to go back and uh, to re-listen to re-watch and to understand even better but i think it's very important what we discussed here today I think is, is the, it's at the backbone of what we want to achieve if we want to, to have a better industry, more sustainable and uh, more, uh, I don't know, uh, cooperative and everyone who is in this industry to thrive and not to just pinpoint at it that that is not effective and so on. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for that. Yeah, thank you. It was a pleasure.